Hello, everybody. Uh, welcome to Comedy Film Nerds, episode 307, special Oscar. Wrong. 308. 308. Episode 308. 307 nice. was last week with Oscar Nunez. Yes. And I have some point of orders for that episode. A couple too. of point of orders. Yeah, we got a lot of point of orders on that. <laughs> um, so this is our special uh, Oscar preview. Uh, mm-hmm. We're going to predict our... Oscar winners with... Uh, should win, will win. Should We're going to do some should wills uh, with the man who does this episode every year. Uh, you've seen him on some other entertainment programmings. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> Doug Benson. Hey, everybody. How many years do you think we've been doing this now? I want to say four, maybe five. I think we've done it almost every year we've done the podcast, haven't we? We just It might probably have, yeah. started pretty... When, what time of year did the podcast become a thing? December 2009. Yeah, so we probably got together in February. Of 10? Yeah. This is this, this has got to be the sixth one. Nice. Maybe. I like it. At least five. At least right. five. At least five. Might have taken a year for us to figure this out. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> it's a thing that should happen. So the <laughs> goal should... today, not to ruin it. Yeah. Yeah, try not to. <laughs> let's see if we can have a seventh year, guys. Yeah. <laughs> let's just do a disclaimer right off the top. Do, you know, do what you want in your Oscar pool. Don't listen to me. Yeah. <laughs> Jump on our throats. <laughs> yeah. Why do I have to hear from you about, ah, you said it was going to win. Well, yeah, I'm here to predict. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, you know. Yeah, there are plenty of people saying the banks weren't going to fail either yeah 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 so, gonna, some things are just gonna happen invest in and, real estate uh, you can't go wrong guys <laughs> don't drag me into your why you didn't win thirty dollars yeah <laughs> that's what it was, it was thirty dollar um well i want to give uh, shout outs to the people that came last night i was at the three of clubs in hollywood doing mike schmidt's new show uh 2020 mm-hmm. three comics doing 20 minutes each a lot of fun mm-hmm. Uh, definitely some fans of this show. How long is that show? About an hour? Yeah. Doug coming in right about 60 minutes. 60 and change. Everyone stick you to the time. You have a host doing a bunch of time in between? It's actually, there was the, Mike Schmidt is the host, so he splits his 20 up, does about five up front, mm. then 15 between acts two and three. No, wait. Uh, he splits his go. 20 up to 10, 10, 10, and 10. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, puts it up into a nice 40. Yeah. No, we came in. I'm probably the only guy who went long. Mm-hmm. I did 25, I think. Oh. Will you uh, be back, you think? Nah. I think I, I, think I burned that bridge. <laughs> just, when he walked up stage, he just pointed to the door. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Graham. Nice but yeah, that was fun. Uh, doing uh, was just on uh, Doug Loves Movies with mm-hmm. Jeff Tate and who's the other dude? Ryder Strong. Ryder Strong. Yeah. Who's got and, a new movie uh, coming out? We had a lovely time with uh, him and both of them. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it was a good one. And um, what else? Um, well, uh, before we get into our Oscar picks, we should tell you guys that. Uh, for the Oscars, we're going to be doing live Oscar commentary, but it won't be available as a podcast. It's only going to be available at rabble.tv. So if you go to rabble.tv uh, and log on and you can create an account, then you can, there's like a message where we can see you real time make comments. Uh, and also if for whatever reason you can't watch the Oscars live, but you you record it, you DVR it. You can go back and sync our commentary up with when you watch the Oscars. Yes, that does get archived on Ravel TV. And the best thing is it is free. It will not cost you anything. Mm -hmm. And there's also iOS and Android apps. It'll be, there's any way you want to listen to us, you can. 
and and the and if you want to you know if you don't want to bother the other people watching the oscars if you're at a party you know you put it on your phone put it put an earbud in yeah there you go put some <laughs> fancy up your ears with yeah. some electronics and then they'll wonder why you're laughing hysterically yes. at a very moving and heart-wrenching speech <laughs> or during in memoriam yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're gonna be cracking wise making jokes about um <laughs> Who died last year? So, so there's that. <laughs> in memoriam is more like just here's a quick reminder yeah. Yeah, of everyone who died yeah. last year. And you're like, oh, I thought he died years ago, or yeah. oh, mm-hmm. really? He died. You uh, know, like who's that? Yeah, and who's that? Is a lot of it. Yeah. Um, so, what time will we be starting, Graham? <laughs> well, the Oscars actually start at five thirty. Is when the actual Oscars start. The red carpet starts at four. Um, I went to the site because normally it starts at five. It does start at five thirty, according to the Oscars website on ABC. But we're going to start at five. We're going to do a yeah, little. Yeah, the ABC saying that it starts at four, and I worry that they're just going to do their own half hour thing that they do, and that the real awards is going to start at four thirty. Are you sure about this? I literally, thing? I literally checked the website when we did this ad read last week. I will check it again. Uh, I, I, I'm literally. <laughs> Uh, you go to oscars.go.com because we we're known for very short ad reads (laughs) this is (laughs) it says right here on their page exclusive red carpet coverage begins at 7 p.m eastern 4 Uh p.m pacific immediately followed by the awards ceremony at 8 30 eastern 5 30 pacific so and there's also a hashtag that rabble has created for us called cfn oscars rabble and so the link to the, our specific Comedy Film Nerds Rabble, we put that link on the ComedyFilmers.com homepage. Yes, so you could just click right through. We also did it on the Facebook fan page. Mm-hmm. So you can click right through and go right to our thing and sign up to listen to our thing. But right. it's free. Sign up. Mm-hmm. And the more people that sign up, it's it's – if a lot of you guys sign up and participate in this, we're going to be hopefully doing more of these types yes. of things. So, mm-hmm. so check so that out. Please check it out. Please check it out. And uh, before we get started, I want to work on a couple of point of orders from last episode. <laughs> um, one of them is that uh, it was very awkward during the DVD reviews when we were trashing the uh, Chilean Miners movie and not knowing that Oscar was in it. <laughs> well, we didn't get- <laughs> <laughs> we picked up on it quickly. Yeah, we picked up on it quickly. But the the best part about it was uh, was that Oscar didn't disagree with anything we were saying. Well, he was, yeah. <laughs> I wish we could have uh, broadcast what he was saying off the air. Yeah, totally <laughs> but uh, yeah. one of the things uh, I, I love some of the tweets you guys were doing like best moment in podcast history ever <laughs> because one of the things we do we could have easily edited that out. Nah. Yeah. <laughs> But Editing's we like we like putting in warts and all. We like <laughs> we like we let you see when we screw up. Well, we neither you of you saw that movie. No, no. Uh-uh. yeah. So that's an honest mistake. Yeah, like yeah. if you'd seen it, then that's <laughs> pretty. That's pretty head up your ass. But yeah. but not having seen it, which a lot of people. Right. You know, I think the amount of minors in the movie yeah. is more than the number of people who saw. <laughs> And, and the people so, who saw it are still trapped right. in, in, the, in their brains and the viewing. <laughs> and uh, the one point of order I wanted to make with the audience is I got a couple of tweets and there must have been a misunderstanding where um, they thought I had said that all the X-Men movies ever made by 20th Century Fox have been consistently good. I've never said that. What most likely I said, the X-Men movies have been consistently good, meaning um, the most recent ones. So I yeah. might have dropped off the word recent. Um, there is one great X-Men movie. 
first class. There are one or two good ones. And there's two or three unwatchable ones. Yeah. Absolutely yeah. horrible. Now, if I did say every single X-Men movie made by 20, 20th Century Fox has been great, and ever, every single one, produce the audio, sirs. Yeah. Well, you would have started, you would have... You would have called me on it. No, no. You would have just exploded. Like, yeah. you would have been on fire. You, your body, your cells would have yeah, rejected yeah. that statement and set yourself on fire. There's nowhere on the internet um, that is, apart from a satirical site, that says Brett Radner and Great X-Men movie together. <laughs> There's, there's never that's they don't go together at all. So, so it sounds like you're point of ordering a yeah, point of order. Yeah, I'm, I'm a point of ordering a point of order okay. on uh, on Twitter. But again, thank you guys for the feedback. We appreciate it. Occasionally, we uh, there's a disconnect and we drop off a word. But when I said all oh, the X movies consistently good, I meant the most. All the more ones. reason to go to rabble.tv yes. because <laughs> you can point of order us as we're speaking. Exactly. So there's no delay. You oh. literally can uh, point of order. The other cool things we're gonna do. do and there's no edit there either no, there's no editing that's, we gotta watch out um the other thing we definitely during the commercial breaks we're going to be doing some giveaways we're going to do some quick trivia and the first person to post their answer on the message board mm-hmm. will will give you some cool stuff um so what do you say you want to get into it you want- i think we want to get into All it right. there's a lot to talk about oh we got a big so much list. to talk about yeah so let's start um with the the Oscar nominated best sound editing, you've got Mad Max: Fury Road, The Martian, The Revenant, Sicario, and Star Wars: The Force Awakens. Best sound editing. Who do you think gets it? We're gonna go should and will. I think Mad Max is gonna get should and will. Mm. For best sound editing, yes. Yeah. I think, and I, you know, the sound editing was, uh, you know, by my expert ears was terrific on all five of these yeah. <laughs> such good here 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 doug sound editing. <laughs> yeah, I, I sit there in my seat going wow they edited that sound great right there. <laughs> <laughs> um so I, I i think that's where and spoiler for the rest of my choices i think that's where they're gonna give a star wars a little something okay really because it's too big of a movie for mm-hmm. it to not get something i mean that's possible that it'll get shut out mm-hmm. but I think it'll get something just also because in that particular category, yeah, you think, oh, yeah, those lightsabers sound pretty cool. And it probably won that award. The first Star Wars probably won that award. If that award existed at that time, right. <laughs> might not have had a sound editing award yet. Well, you wonder, too, like when you have a movie like Star Wars, is it like, well, all of those effects, they're already in the library? the sounds right so you yeah. wonder like well what? do we need to give them a war they they we've heard the them all Foley before the artists yeah. didn't have to work very hard on that one yeah we already know think, what a bantha sounds like and i think that uh <laughs> sound editing and sound mixing have a tendency to go to the same movie because mm-hmm. uh, mm. i think that's just how people check it off instead of giving it uh one of each so that's where I'm getting. That's where I'm throwing all my Star Wars weight is into those two categories. All right, Graham. Uh, I'm gonna go for editing. I'm gonna go Mad Max Fury Road because there's an old adage: is the loudest movie always wins <laughs> with yeah. these. And but I also this think is some loud ass movies. This is some loud yeah, ass movies. There's a fair amount of loud. But I would go. It's my should and will because um, I think uh, I think what they did. In my limited knowledge of sound, just from doing films and watching what sound mixers and editors do, I think what they did with Mad Max was unbelievable. Considering the the edits they had to do, um, 
Now, going to mixing, I'll jump up to mixing too, since you, Doug, you're, I think you're right. They do do a lot of both. I'm going to split it though. I think this is where they give Star Wars. They give Star Wars the mix and they give Fury Road the edit. Interesting. Um, because um, uh, my thinking on that is is they want to give Star Wars something, but I think they also really want to recognize um, George Miller in some capacity, and they're not going to give him Best Picture. Like, Mad Max is not going to get Best Picture. So I think this is where they're going to give George Miller a little love for this. And Well, we may as well all do sound mixing now while we're here. yeah. So, so you think this is where Star Wars? I think Star Wars gets yeah. the mix, and I think Fury Road gets the edit because of all actually right. what they had to edit together in terms of all of those sounds, the music, and to hear the dialogue. Um, that's what I think. Well, that makes me want to make them both Fury Road. <laughs> but <laughs> I, I am going to make them both. That's the thing about an Oscar pool is you're like, you know, you, do you want to hedge your bets and at least get one of those two right? <laughs> yeah. Or, you know. I'm going to go all in. I'm going to go Mad Max for both. Okay. Should and will for sound mixing and sound editing. All right. We should have done the research on that, like what the how often it goes to the same movie. Right. It's probably a lot. Probably is a lot. I think mm-hmm. it tends to be. Most of the Academy people don't know the difference. It's the only time Transformers ever gets nominated. <laughs> yeah. It's, you know, it's the mixing and sound. Unless it has some random visual, song yeah. in it. Right. <laughs> yeah. Or they just know somebody's name and, oh, he's great. And they just <laughs> check that box. All right, so let's go to then best short film live action. Now, I saw the shorts, the animated and the live action shorts. Me too. Doug, what did you think? Well, I thought that um, every live action short was, in its own special way, a huge bummer. Uh, <laughs> you know, they were five really kind of intense. You know, yeah, intense or you know, uh, Ave Maria was just mostly frustrating because it was about kind of a religious clash where they, right. where uh, some stranded people were having trouble because mm-hmm. they couldn't use the phone on the Sabbath and all that kind yeah. of shit. Uh, so that one was just frustrating. But then, like day one, is just an intense war story about a girl her first day working as an interpreter. That that story was 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 cool because the guy who directed it was actually in the army and it's based on his experience with an actual uh, interpreter, which right. they refer to as a terp. Yeah. Um, so that was kind of and what she had to go through on her first day. Oh my goodness, was crazy intense. Right, and it just uh, the ending is just uh, incre- incredibly upsetting. Yeah, <laughs> I'm upset talking about it, Chris. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then uh, everything will be okay. Is uh, you know frustrating uh, child custody thing, where a father oh, tries to get out of the country with his daughter because he can't. He, his visitation is so limited that he wants to just leave town with her. And the whole thing is just him trying to get out of town with this little girl. And it's, the little girl's amazing. It, she's so good. I she's mean, an amazing actress. And then the end of the the end of that is like, it's re, it's so intense. And the character arc of the girl, the character arc of the guy in a short film. This is a twenty minute movie, which is why, you know, for all of the dumb crap the Oscars do, especially this year, making it like a whites only country club. For short movies, they really pick amazing films like that 
tell complete stories in 10 or 15 or 20 minutes, some cases maybe 25 or whatever, but like this movie's an amazing film. These movies were nominated by the people over the years who have, you know, won or, uh, you know, achieved something in right. the area of short films. So it, they really... A, yeah, it, it's a different actually pool yeah. of people watching them. Yeah, so mm-hmm. it's, uh, you know, and, and everybody gets to vote on which one's going to win. So then, uh, refresh my memory, what happened in Shock? S-H-O-K? Um, wait, Shock was the one, wait, that was the one with the stick figures, right? Wasn't that Shock? No, no, this is, no, we're this talking is live, live action. action. Oh, right, 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 right. Um, yeah, Shock was, well, the Stutterer one was good. What was Shock? Now I'm blanking. Shock on is a, a, something else that's a, a heavy, I'm sure. They were all really he- pretty heavy. Uh, oh, I'm, Shock. I'm it up right now. Oh, Shock was the, the kid who finds oh. the bicycle. So it's another two, two boys Kosovo. having to deal with being in a you know war torn war zone in Kosovo and uh, oh my God. and it's okay. it's also like it, the ending is just brutal. The ending is it's very upsetting. Like I was in tears watching all of these, except the uh, except the Ave Maria was just sort of cute and funny. It was okay, um, but that stutterer is a like a uh, this uh, like a point of view thing about a, a guy who stutters and you hear him speaking very eloquently in his head like he you hear his mm-hmm. thoughts uh, but then when he tries to speak he could barely get a, a sentence out and uh it's um he's been talking to this girl online and they're she's like let's meet in person and he's just petrified yeah, he doesn't know what to do because he's charmed her typing to her but he doesn't oh. when he meets her in person he's not even gonna be able to speak he's so nervous so uh that one to me was the uh, ultimately the most. It was creatively interesting, and then it was uplifting in a way that if you're watching all of these together and then voting, that's the one that I think people would vote for just because it, it was the had that you know sort of happiest conclusion. Do you, is that is that your will or is that is, are you giving it a should and a will? Uh, well, you know I, that's the thing is even after watching all five of them, like what, how do you decide which one of those is best? They're 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 more wildly different than the nine movies that are competing against each other for for best picture. <laughs> yeah, you know. Yeah. Uh, because best picture, they just tend to nominate all, only heavy shit, you know. And uh, mm-hmm. but I don't know. I, I I'm just going with Stutterer just because it, it, kind of in a will should kind of way. Like yeah. I just sort of thought that was the most satisfying. But there, the, the, that well, short film package, I would recommend. It might still be playing in some theaters. I, I would recommend people yeah. go out if, and see if it. If you can see the live action one. It's hard to find. It is hard to find, yeah. but it's... it's. I missed it. I missed the window. It is on the road and it's on the, mm. it's at the landmark on the west side of LA. But like my mom said she saw it in her town. Like oh, there's, cool. there's, there's places out there. They do take them on the road. So if you can see the live, if you have to choose between live action and animation, go to the live action ones because they're... Even harder to find than the. They're amazing. Well, they're, they, they, they put them together. Be, they like, always put they them tend together. To be either okay. like sharing a screen and alternating t- start right. times. It's a separate admission fee. Right. But then also, uh, like the place I saw it at, they just had one in one theater and one in the other. I remember once it was in Vegas, and what they did was uh, they had both programs. They had the live action and the animation. Mm-hmm. The animation was higher than the live action. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> The other thing, too, is the price on this was a lot lower than a regular movie would cost Mm -hmm. that I noticed, um, which was cool. Uh, So for me, I think I'm going to go shock uh, as my should will just because um, it was so powerful and the ending. But again, the only thing I'd be kind of disappointed if it wins is Ave Maria. That was the one movie I was like, "Eh, okay. But the other four, day one, everything will be okay. 
Shock and Stutterer. If any of those win, I'll go. They they earned it because they were great movies. Yeah, I think they're well, really good. Yeah, as I don't think Ave Maria has a chance. So that's mm. the one thing we could say to yeah. the people during their Oscar pools: <laughs> don't worry about Ave Maria. Yeah, yeah. we as, narrowed it down to four for yeah. you. Nice. <laughs> 25% chance. Yeah. As someone who hasn't seen any of them yet, uh, I'm going to go with Stutterer based on your recommendations. Oh. Right. Good and shit. I thought you were going to go. go Ave Maria just because you... Yeah, just to, just <laughs> to buck the that. trend. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Don't listen to these guys. Uh, yeah. Pick it. But the animated program, the interesting thing is, is that they had to add a few uh, like cartoons that may have uh, been nominated in previous years or so. I don't right. know where, what the criteria was, but they added a few that weren't nominated just to make the whole program long enough to justify you know closer to 90 minutes like yeah, a best of well these, the program. these if you just take these five animated shorts it would have been 45 minutes 40 minutes or so 45 yeah. so they added like three more to make the whole thing over bonus yeah. um so it's which one was the pixar one was it the uh, pixar, pixar was sanjay San- San- super, super team yeah. super team which is very cute and 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 charming and it's got a good message uh bear story was insanely complicated uh, uh, animation of like a, you know, a mechanical bear right. doing all this shit. And it's, it's amazing to look at. So just for that alone, it would be the winner if it was just based on what the animation mm-hmm. looks like, but it was just sort of, goes on for a while and doesn't it's not doesn't really tell much of a story. Yeah, it does a little and it's try, I mean it's it's kind of interesting the story it's trying to tell, but that's the thing as we I think we're talking about before we started recording which is how can you animation is just too broad. Like well that's the thing about the foreign animated films, they just tend to do stories where there's no dialogue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah, yep. yeah. So you're not reading subtitles and watching an animated thing, whereas all the live action ones, all the foreign ones, you know, had uh, uh-huh. subtitles, you know, the whole time. Uh, you know, I, I will say for um, for World of Tomorrow, that's the Don Hertzfeld one. Mm-hmm. Um, he's got like a Pixar-like track record. Whenever he, uh, as far as nominations go, whenever he makes a short film, he doesn't make one every year, chances are it gets nominated. He's he's probably um, one of the highest rated, uh, no, one of the highest nominated animated short i saw uh, this at uh, uh fantastic animators. fest last september mm-hmm. on uh, on a bill with then anomalisa played oh wow <laughs> afterwards okay. mm-hmm. and uh both of those blew me away like uh, like to me world of tomorrow uh skipping past uh we can't live without cosmos which is a really interesting look at the russian space program Mm-hmm. <laughs> like it's got some dark turns and then it's also sad too it starts really cute is it like like solaris like the original <laughs> sure <laughs> yes it's animated solaris yeah. and uh, prologue is just a you know is, is just a very violent battle between two guys and one oh of them's God. completely oh. naked so his dick's hanging out the I whole can't time watch and they warn the uh they tell you to get the kids out of the theater before they play that one really yeah, yeah. Because oh, yeah. it's just it's just like a three hundred movie or something, but anima- animated in like a, like pencil drawing with kind just of grunts and there's no like vert. It's just like I don't know, swords a, and wow. violent fight, violent naked fight. But World of Tomorrow, though, um, that should have called stick, it that. World of Tomorrow, that's violent the stick naked fight. One. That's the thing where the robot voice lady is explaining to a little girl just what horrible the technology is. Just that's her future self talking to her. Yeah, right? and it's mm-hmm. just all right. I'll tell you right. So it's so it's cute and bleak at the same time. And you know what? A lot of his movies are like that. They're like you're laughing hysterically 
at one second and then you're like you have this you feel this pit in your stomach a couple it minutes like later hilarious <laughs> and like oh god yeah, that's oh yeah. my god yeah to me world of tomorrow is my should win mm-hmm. uh the the super team the Pixar's will win it because Pixar. I don't know. You know, they just Pixar was cute, and they're gonna win. Let the Pixar win. I'll tell you, no one makes despair hilarious like Don Hertzfeld. <laughs> you know, and I actually wasn't a big fan of Sanjay Super Team. I thought it was cute, but it, I didn't think it was at the same bar as some of the other Pixar shorts that we've seen over the years. Uh, so I'm gonna go with Could and Should World of Tomorrow. All right. I think also World of Tomorrow has a leg up because it's on Netflix right now. A lot more people so, can see it. So a yeah. lot of the voters are going to stumble onto that one. It's like 17 minutes and it's on Netflix. And so if they watch that, they may just walk away thinking, you know, I'll just vote for that because it was so good. And they won't compare it to the others. All right. All I, right. I think. But that's, you know, that's a tricky one. I, I, I hope I, don't know I hope how often I've gotten that right over the years. <laughs> like uh, even seeing them doesn't seem to help. It makes you feel better about at least you've seen them. Yeah, you know, you feel somewhat educated, but still doesn't. Because also, one could argue that the animation in World of Tomorrow is very simplistic. Yes, and so that therefore maybe they'd go for something that's a little flashy. That's why I. That's why I make Sanjay's Super Team my will win. Okay, because I think. The voters are gonna they're gonna do that. They're gonna go, oh well the actual anime because this is such a like we talked about such a broad criteria. What are you talking about? Animation. Animated story? Animated the actual technical aspects of anime. Like how do right. you so I think people see when they see Pixar because technically it's always so and technically and visually it's so amazing, no matter what it is, that mm-hmm. people just go, Oh, Pixar. Right. So yeah, and it's and it's it's got a you know, a, a cute message, you know, because it's a Indian dad is sad that his kid just wants to play violent video games, and then the kid figures out a way to turn Indian characters into a violent video game. (laughs) (laughs) So everybody's happy. Yeah. Yeah. It's a wonderful compromise. (laughs) Um, All right, so let's move up to Best Makeup and Hairstyling. You've got three movies nominated, Mad Max Fury Road, 100-Year-Old Man Who Climbed Out of the Window and Disappeared, Long title, you'll never win, and the revenant. Yes, <laughs> well, that's the you know that's sort of the every year there's something nominated because somebody has old age makeup, right? So obviously right. the person playing the hundred year old man is not really a hundred years old. I haven't seen it, um, and obviously the revenant has you know. That, that's, yeah, I wonder what happens cool, in that movie. Pretty cool, like uh, wound. <laughs> <laughs> It's yeah. all yeah. the, it's the giant yeah. Oh, okay. Got it. Where'd he go? Yep. I just saw him climb out of that window. Don't need to see a now trailer. He's nowhere to be seen. And what are we gonna do for the rest of the film? The end. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, but yeah, and the revenant, you know, has like lots of good wound makeup, obviously. But I just think that's a great place to go ahead and give a give a little Oscar to uh, Mad Max. Is that your should will? Mm-hmm. Because also every character has some sort of makeup and hairstyling going on. You know what I mean? It's not uh, it's not just the hundred year old man or just Leonardo DiCaprio's face. Interesting, Chris. I'm gonna go with should Mad Max because there's a lot going on in makeup and hairstyling. But Will is the Revenant because everyone looks so dirty and grimy and grungy had that effect of like we talked about before you believed that they were really out in the wilderness about to die and killed by nature in every single scene i think i gotta do the same thing i think i think my my should is mad max but my will is the revenant 
Actually, you know what? Now that I think about it, my sh- well, no, nah, I'm doing should will. I'm doing a should will revenant because Mad Max had a lot of really cool stuff in it. But I think what the revenant had to do in terms of authentic looking, as far as we know, what trappers in the whatever 1800s look like, um, I think it I, just depends on you know how wacky they the voters right. get with just going down the line because Revenant is poised to win a lot of awards. Uh, and, uh, you know, sometimes, sometimes the movie that's got 11 nominations wins eight of them, you know, and sometimes it's the color purple and it wins zero of them. Right. So, <laughs> you know, yeah. it could, uh, it could really flip either way, just depending on what, you know, well, if it was this year, the color purple wouldn't have been nominated. Yeah. That's right. It's ineligible for yeah. being too black. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so that's, uh, you know, I can't argue with that. I, I think it's, I, I just think that hundred year old man is the only one that doesn't, doesn't stand a chance. No, that doesn't know. So you got a 50, 50 chance on that yeah, one. Flip Oscar Poolers. Flip a coin. <laughs> um, but I certainly hope the hundred year old man is there to accept if, uh, disappeared. Oh, that'd be so great if it won. And they said the hundred year old man couldn't be here yes. tonight because he disappeared. <laughs> Are you paying attention? <laughs> Accepting an instead is the window. <laughs> uh, best visual effects. Ex Machina, Mad Max Fear Road, Revenant, Star Wars Force Awakens, The Martian. This is a Star Wars. Like, I, I think it's going to be Star Wars, The Star Wars, Wars, too, Wars has yeah. to win this. Because I don't think anything else has any more big visual effects. Now, well, I'll tell you a couple of things. The Revenant has a shit ton of special effects in it that are don't seem like special effects. So that's... People that know might go that way. I think that could fool Because that bear sequence, similar sequences in other movies that when you have that much CGI, it just does not look, that right. bear looks, looks real, real. Yeah. Yeah. the whole time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're never like, oh, that's just a CGI thing. Yeah, so that looks like Yogi. So that's pretty impressive. <laughs> but also, love needs to be given to the Martian. It's been nominated for way too much for them to not give mm-hmm. it anything. Ridley Scott got snubbed. So give it to, it's a space movie that old people can appreciate. It's not, <laughs> it's not, it's not taxing in, in a way that like a Star Wars is. If you liked Gravity, you're going <laughs> to like The Martian. Exactly. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, so now, I'm going Martian. I, that's, that's, I'm going to cross go, the board. I'm going rogue on that one. Um, I, I don't, should, I don't care. The, the effects in all those movies are great. All right, I'm going to go. There's one thing. I think Mad Max should win, and here is why. Because a lot of times you don't see the way practical effects and visual effects mesh the way that they did in this movie. You have actual cars driving around, blowing up, running over stunt people, and then you add shooting real flames, and then you add all the visual effects on top of that. So it's a seamless merging of visual and practical effects. So I think if you're in the business, you're going to really give. Um, credit to that film so I think because of that it wasn't just everything created in space or in a computer uh, I think that should win but I think Force Awakens is going to win because I think that's kind of where they're going to give him the uh, the award because by sheer amount of special effects I think if you added up every effects shot it's probably um, way way over the amount in these these other movies so I think uh, that'll I think should is Mad Max will Star Wars it's funny because I think all five of these have great they Ex do. Machina has amazing yeah. effects in it there's not one in that where on you go oh, I don't know on a low yeah. budget it uh-huh. has amazing they'd be saying a lot to give it to that right yeah. 
which they won't. It, it, it's, it doesn't have a chance, but it is an amazing Right. Film, it's great that visually. it got nominated. It it's, is great. It's in there because the other effects artists are like, wow, they did that cheap yeah. and well. Right. You know. Um, all right. So let's go best original song. Earned it. Uh, Fifty Shades of Grey. Ugh. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like Fifty Shades of Grey is nominated for an Oscar. I know, isn't that horrible? That's it always happens every you know year. If that was, if that that was David Bowie's last song, it shouldn't have been nominated. <laughs> <laughs> Fifty Shades of Grey, um, Menta Ray, Racing Extinction, a Simple what Song Number Three, Youth. It happens to you. The hunting ground and uh, writings on the wall. Spectre. Interestingly, not one of these movies in the best picture category. Yeah, yeah, what it's a. Tell you? It's really weird. Yeah, like with all the songs in the other, you know, like Room didn't have a song and Spotlight didn't have a song. <laughs> um, but so it's between Spectre and The Hunting Ground. And here's why because they have those two songs have like the most marquee singers. Mm-hmm. Uh, Spectre is that Sam Smith and The Hunting Ground is Lady Gaga. So I'm going with Hunting Ground because of Lady Gaga. But that's not a great reason to vote for something. <laughs> I'm going to go. She just won. You know, she just got the act, uh, TV acting award from the Golden Globes just for being, for American in, the, Horror just Story? For being in the game. You know, oh. American Horror Story, I haven't watched it, but it's got a lot of amazing actors in it, all probably doing amazing shit. And she's the only one that gets nominated? <laughs> oh, that's because the Hollywood Foreign Press... Like loves sir. international superstars. Yes, <laughs> you know, and anoints them accordingly. Um, well, the hunting ground. Just so people know, it's a documentary, and it's an expose of rape crimes on U.S. college campuses, their institutional cover-ups, and the devastating toll they take on the students and their families. Directed by Kirby Dick. That's pretty intense. I'm going to go with should will writings on the wall. Yeah, I think, I think they give it to Spectre because one thing this Oscar group has as proven is they don't watch much at all they just check what they know and they're gonna go oh specter yeah they talk to people and stuff and but you know i think they did a pretty good job of getting screeners out of all the you know uh the best picture uh nominees and that's the other interesting thing about being in los angeles is the local tv ads and billboards and stuff that's that are yeah. everywhere saying for your consideration because you know they can't fill up variety and uh hollywood <laughs> reporter with those anymore because nobody reads them physical copies anymore right uh so they found that other way to just get in people's faces about it's just weird to be driving along and see a billboard that says inside out for your consideration best like, picture first of all, it's yeah. gonna win anyway yeah, yeah. but uh you know just to see a movie that's months old just have a billboard just because they want to remind voters uh, is in the valley. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that, yeah, that Hunting Ground movie, it's interesting that it didn't get nominated for Best Documentary. Yeah, that's curious. Real me. curious. And they only they only picked four. So they like didn't They deliberately didn't and nominate. Left out, <laughs> you know, they could have nominated one more thing. Yeah. Um, what are you guys going to do on this one? I'm going writings on the wall, Spectre. Yeah, Spectre. I think that's what the, I think the Academy just is going to see Spectre and go, oh, we're going to mm-hmm. vote for that. But didn't Skyfall win? That's why. Is I that think. just like going to be sad to just keep giving it to the, just because it's a James mm-hmm. Bond movie? Because that's, for me, it was a disappointing James Bond song. I don't remember liking it. Yeah, I don't remember it jumping out at me either. I just yeah. think that's what they're going to, that's what they're going to do. 
All right. Best original score, Bridge of Spies, Carol, The Hateful Eight, Sicario, Star Wars, The Force Awakens. Now, John, John Williams. Williams. Yeah. I, right? I but Ennio Morricone, uh, you know, uh, first score in a long time, and he's won every other place where they give awards for best score. He's won it. Like, for he Hateful won, Eight. He won a Golden Globes. So that's what I'm going with. I'm going with the, you know... I honestly sentimental. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's amazing too. Uh, you know, but John Williams, like, you know, how much new stuff did he have to write for? Exactly, that was already in the computer. Whatever, uh, you know, he used. <laughs> <laughs> he just uh, opened up a file yeah, and yeah. pasted it onto like, the no, thing. Just, come on, modernize it. You know. <laughs> so I, I, I'm going to abstain from should. There's none of these scores that I went. This is the one that should beat the other ones. Mm-hmm. But I think. Um, Doug is right. Hateful Eight will win. Uh, it's will. funny that uh, Bridge of Spies is the first Steven Spielberg movie to not have a John Williams score in uh, I don't know how many years. Yeah, I mean, he was busy. And uh, he was busy with Force <laughs> yeah. Awakens. But um, but that's funny that the guy that did a score anyway. Yeah. <laughs> so it's more like Spielberg just knows how to get the right score out right. of people. <laughs> Thomas Newman still uh, got nominated. Sicario is very interesting how it's got these weird little technical uh, nominations. Like I, I, I don't want anyone to think that like I didn't. I thought all of them were good scores, like, but none of them really jumped out at me. Right. Like, oh my god, this is the best score. Did you the see year. the Roadshow version of so, Hateful Eight? Yeah. I did not see the Roadshow version. <laughs> so you, the Overture is the you know uh, music that's going to play during the end, the opening credits. That you're about to see. You sit through that music twice <laughs> before the movie's even started. Because it's a title sequence that doesn't have any, you know, there's very little action going on under it. So I don't know why, other than just because it's old timey, I don't know why Tarantino thought we should have to hear that music twice. Make it longer. Back to back. Yeah, yeah, made it even longer. I think, oh boy, I like The Hateful Eight, but... Uh... I don't know. This is a tough one. I just feel like they're so they're so John Williams heavy, but yeah, and he's you know he's up there. He's probably ninety or something now. So yeah. uh, I mean, he's keeping his ghostwriters busy. They could decide to give it to him, but Ennio's old too, and probably doesn't have as many, if any. I mean, did he ever? Has he ever won? Um, like, did he win sure. for like one of the spaghetti westerns or something? Might have done a long time ago, but Ennio Morricone. You know what? I think I'm going to go hateful eight too. Yeah. All right. Sweeping it. I'm sweeping the eight. Sweeping the hot eight. All right. Best costume design. This is Carol, Cinderella, The Danish Girl, Mad Max, Fury Road, and The Revenant. <sighs> now, I will say, I did. I'm probably the only one in this room that saw Cinderella. Mm-hmm. They were very extravagant costumes. That's what you did. Yes. <laughs> oh, you did? Yeah, yeah. And uh, but the thing about it was is as extravagant as they were, were they overly creative? Or they were they more like just kind of make it look overly extravagant to kind of look like almost like an animated movie? Well, some are saying this is where a Danish girl could, you know, get a nod, you know, get a get mm-hmm. a win, something in the win column because People like that movie, and it's probably not going to go home with much. But I really think that just in terms of originality, uh, Mad Max has, you know, the best costumes. I feel, you know, 
this is a tough one because usually big flamboyant dresses is what wins. Like, that's and there, what, there's no one on there that has that more than Cinderella. That's what I mean. And literally, almost every and scene. And literally, Sandy Powell is nominated for Carol and Cinderella. So, you know, I feel like I'm gonna. I, here's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna go. Should Mad Max will Cinderella? Ah. I'm, I'm splitting it up. I'm going to go should Mad Max uh, will The Revenant. I think because it's a period piece, it's going to trump Cinderella. Oh, sneaky yeah. peek. They with, do a good job with the, the period costumes in that, but I just don't see that as standing out in a way that like all the every Academy voter is going to go, you know, those, those were good costumes. I don't know. That's why I think the Academy, yeah, I mean, the Academy might hairpin and go dane girl what are you gonna go duggity well going back to uh ennio morricone for a second just because it's hello. interesting this is his sixth nomination without a win <coughs> bless you thank you and but in 2007 they gave him an honorary award so so he's got an oscar but not for actually writing a score and mm-hmm. he's you know arguably one of the best ever so i'm definitely sticking with him and then for uh, costume design, I'm going to go, I, I'm should and will Mad Max. All right. Doug Benson, big should, will. <laughs> um, best production design, we've got Bridge of Spies, Danish Girl, Mad Max, The Martian, and The Revenant. Ooh, That's boy. another tough one, except for Danish Girl. I'm going to tell you this right now. I'm going to go Mad Max, should, will. Yeah, me too. Because that's, of all, it's the biggest, craziest design i mean they designed a whole world yeah there's a whole bunch of shit that needed to be you know not made from like things that already exist like they Uh, had to create it you know the martian created this you know mars mars and all not only just like the habitat from everything from the rovers to the the shuttle ships the shuttles yeah everything so it's definitely not a bad place for them to you know yeah i was saying about the the effects, you know, that's not a bad place for them to just give it to it. You know, production design on, even production design on Bridge of Spies was fantastic. I mean, mm-hmm. everything from them building the Berlin Wall, those sequences, it was really amazing what they mm-hmm. put together. Uh, but I don't know. I mean, Mad Max, like you said, it's it's a it's a completely fully realized creative world. I mean, these people in all of these creative areas all put Mad Max in their top five. And then those people get to vote again, you know, and you know, they're obviously, they're obviously quite fond of it. It's gotta, it's, it's gotta win some stuff. I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to go. Oh, geez. Should Mad Max will the Martian. Oh, all right, Chris. All right. <laughs> Best film. We should also next year. The first thing we should do at the top of the show is just go over how we all did. Yeah, the, the year, year before. Prior, the yeah, year prior, who did bet? You know, start keeping track between the three of us. Who does the? We best. we have an intern that does that. Daniel, you're listening. Uh, <laughs> tally everything up on uh, Monday. Yeah, because mm-hmm. we last year we announced. I think you won it last year, Chris. I did, and mm-hmm. I came in second. Doug got waxed last year. Two years yeah. ago, though, you cleaned us up. I did. Mm-hmm. 
What I do last year that was so wrong, I just... Uh, I think you were just dumb. Put it on... Uh, <laughs> it was a dumb year for me? Yeah. I, uh, I, I just probably put too much on one horse, you know? And, yeah. And the opposite can happen, too. Like, this year I'm really splitting my stuff up so that everybody gets a little something, but there could just be a movie that just... You just hear Revenant it all night long. Could just. So I think early in the evening we're going to hear Mad Max a lot, and then suddenly gonna we're going to stop hearing about it yeah. for the yeah. mm-hmm. for the uh, all the big ones. All right, best film editing: Big Short, Mad Max, Revenant, Spotlight, Star Wars. That's a tough one, man. Yeah, that is a tough one. You got to give it to Actional. This is where I think. Well, that's where Big Short is like interesting because while it doesn't have action, it is a severely edited like it, breaks the fourth wall, does editing. a lot of stuff. There's a lot going on there, uh, like how fast paced it is, and uh, and also for my it wasn't I that was my least favorite thing about it is that sometimes they'd get a little flashy, like they do like montages and stuff that were a little flashier than mm-hmm. than the story they were telling, but. Uh, just for the sheer, just having to deal with all the all the action and all the moving pieces, I think Mad Max is going to get this one. That's interesting. I think I think you I think Mad Max is definitely. If you're going to pick, if you're boiling it down to two, Mad Max has to be one of them, just because it's quick action. There's so much cutting back and forth. I, I think Mad Max is uh, well for me. It's going to be should and will, and the reason is is because action is not easy to shoot and it's not easy to edit. And the way you could take little shortcuts and workarounds is if like you know you do like a Bourne movie where you don't show it. You know you go in too close. Right. You're not exactly sure what's happening. But George Miller showed you everything. You knew exactly what mm-hmm. was going on. Mm-hmm. You could see everything clearly and. Um, it was put in a way that just kind of raised the adrenaline, which is what an action movie should do. So uh, I think Fury Road should and will. Yeah, I, I mean, I think Revenant's is a nice one, too. These are all good. These are all good picks. Spotlight will never get it. Not because it again, I think it, it's a drama and there there is good cutting and stuff like that. But it, the, the editing doesn't stand out as much as it would in an action movie. Right. But for a movie that has that's that much just people talking about trying to figure out what's going on, it's, it's really fast paced. Really fast paced. Um, yeah, I think I'm gonna have to go. I'm gonna have to go. Mad Max. That's my should will. Cinematography: Carol, The Hateful Eight, Mad Max, The Revenant, Sicario. Ladies and gentlemen, Sicario. Now this is an interesting one because. The Revenant was the most, the best shot movie, period. Yeah. Like, of those, especially of those five. Mm-hmm. Uh, the cinematography is just amazing. They, you know, it's well documented that they would spend all day waiting for the light to be perfect right. and then shoot a scene. Yeah, you could tell. You could tell. Like, everyone looks cold and miserable yeah. and like, oh, how long? You, yeah. And you, you're watching it thinking, how long did they keep Leonardo DiCaprio in that oh, river? Oh, the director, Iriatu, yeah. said he was, he in an article was like, I kind of regret, like, it was like someone could have died. It was too crazy. I probably shouldn't have done it. Like he went nuts out there. Right. And so he did a Colonel Kurtz. Did, yeah. Yeah. He did. <laughs> well, they just, you know, it was going to be a rough shoot regardless, but then when yeah. they're like, let's wait until, you know, right at sunset to sh- shoot this sequence. And then, you know, we've only got a few tries at CG it. bears only come out at magic hour. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's the most interesting thing about the Revenant winning is that, uh, uh, Luz Becky, the uh, cinematographer, it will be his 
it'll be his, a record-breaking three wins in a row for a cinematographer because he won for Birdman last year and Gravity the year before that. Well, this is so. So it's like, do, are they really? Are they, will the Academy look at that and go, "He's we're giving him too much," or will they go, "Well, he's the best one every year for three years in a row"? I mean, because Gravity and Birdman in this movie, the cinematography and all of pretty them, pretty amazing. Is yeah, not just amazing to look at, but also uh, physically amazing. Yeah. Like, Even Roger like Deakins is movies. probably going, "What the fuck?" Yeah, and well, that guy's <laughs> also beloved, great. Yeah, that's cinematographer. The, that's the thing. Why what you just said makes me kind of lean towards Sicario in the sense that they might go Lubeski just go ah we've given it to him and Deacons is a guy that is like one of the more amazing DPs out there um, well also the, you know the guy who shot Hateful Eight's also great yeah. and, and they also went to all that trouble to do it in 35mm and whatnot. but that was the interesting thing to me is then the whole movie takes place in, inside of in a cabin yeah a cabin. What's, the, what's the point of having like, these it, epic it, it led uh, to some interesting shots, shots but it's yeah. like you know it would have been cool to also have some more stuff going on and when you're out. shooting in you know what is it, it's the 70 millimeter and it's a giant western epic you know show me a stagecoach being attacked by indians right you know not get up inside a of a cabin yeah get up on a mountain something um so i i think could uh, should and will is still revenant for sure no matter even if it's his third one yeah i mean it's uh he's amazing and the the, the work is uh speaks for itself like also he had to like this guy's won two oscars and he had to fucking freeze his ass off for months to make this movie look perfect and and uh he did it and just the the revenant is just who knows why it happened but it's just really come on very strong yeah like just in general uh yeah i'm gonna go should will the revenant um because i like the the deacon sicario thing is interesting it's i really like sicario's a movie but it and Deakins is a great cinematographer, but it isn't as like big sweeping. And plus the camera placement in the Revenant, it's like I said when we first reviewed this movie on the show, is I felt like someone got on a time machine and put GoPros yep. to actual fucking trappers. Right. And then, That's what I felt like, like. It just like, holy shit, man. The first trailer I saw for the Revenant, I went, Jesus. Um, when he's on the horse running from, I mean, it's, yeah. it's fucking insane. Goes so over I, the cliff. Yeah, <laughs> it's insane. Um, all right, best documentary. Show. It was like why that trailer reminded me of Mad Max on horses. It really <laughs> did. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it is, Mad Max on horses. All right, documentary short. We've got Body Team Twelve, Chayo Beyond the Claude Landsman, A Girl in the Lost Day and Freedom. All right, well, you're leaving out words. But, um, <laughs> no, it's, it's Shia Behind the Lines, Claude Lamont, Specter of, of Shoah, A Girl in the River, The Price of Forgiveness, and Last Day of Freedom. The problem with this category, for me, it's hard to find these movies to see them. It's like the, the short... The short live action and animation were, are easier to track down than these. And it's, those are hard. Yeah. 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 But I, I got invited to like a screening of Body Team 12. And then and I, I just thought it was a document, like a feature length documentary. I didn't like this was a, you know, the screening was a few days ago. And then when I investigated before going to the screening, I was like, oh, it's a 20 minute documentary short about uh, Ebola. So I'm not going to drive over there <laughs> you know like i was like oh that, that's not worth the effort you know uh so because they don't collect these together so i've officially not seen uh which i mm. wish they would because I'd, I'd sit and watch them uh but so i haven't seen any of the five but there's a word in one of the titles that seems to be the kind of thing 
that they give this award to Claude. as often as possible, and that is Shoah. <laughs> Anything that's, you know, Holocaust-related is, uh, that's where I put my money. Here's where I'm going. Last Day of Freedom, because... What's that about? I'll tell you what Last Day of Freedom is about, and here's why they're going to do it. They're going to try to... Saved their skin a little bit. When Bill Rabbit realized that his uh. brother Manny had committed a crime, he organized, he agonized over the decision to call the police knowing that Manny could face a death penalty, but hoping he would instead receive the help he needed. Manny, an African-American veteran who served two tours in Vietnam, suffered from PTSD and has found it diffi- difficult to obtain health care. That's how they're going to get a black man on camera. <laughs> Other than Chris Rock, they're going to let this guy win and go, yep, see? You know, because... I guess so. It's just that, like, I just think a lot of them are looking at a ballot that just says Last Day of Freedom, and they don't even know what it is they're looking at. I'm going to go with A Girl in the River. How much research do they all do? Yeah, I I think A Girl in the River, The Price of Forgiveness, because I like when they can't decide on a title and they just use both. Right. Yeah, because either of those could have been a title. (laughs) Yeah, all right. I'm going to just, I guess we'll just... A Girl Who Went in the River and Disappeared. Yeah. (laughs) And became 100 100 years years old. old. River Girl. Um, all right. Best documentary feature. Amy, Cartel Land, The Look of Silence, What Happened, Miss Simone, uh, Winter on Fire, Ukraine's Fight for Freedom. I've seen Amy and uh, What Happened, Miss Simone. Um, Have you seen these, Doug? Oh, that's funny. I said there was four earlier in this category, but there's five. I yeah. just didn't see Amy. So there's five, and the, it's interesting that Hunting Ground didn't make the cut. So that makes me feel like the hunting ground isn't as powerful as, as, uh, at least as these other five. I've only seen Amy. I never saw the look of silence is sort of a sequel, uh, to what was that other one called that won previously? Uh, optometrist was born after the 1906 murder of his brother during the genocide of Indonesia. Yeah. Um, burdened by his parents. What was the first one called though? Oh, I forget that. It was uh, The Act of Killing. That's it. So while also probably great, The Look of Silence feels like it's sort of a rehashing or like a lot of similar kind of material as that other one. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the rumors, the words on the street is that uh, What Happened, Miss Simone is getting some traction because Net, uh, uh, Netflix is uh, pushing it on the service mm-hmm. because right. it's their movie. Uh, so they wanted to win, so they're uh, doing a lot of ads and stuff. Uh, I've heard nothing but good things about Cartel Land, but the Amy documentary, like you can't ask for a better portrait of a great artist that died too early. Like it's so uh, you know exhaustive. In I I liked it. And the thing I said on this show that that bothered me about that I liked this. I like hearing they just didn't go to any. They just use voiceover for everybody describing these really painful moment memories of Amy where I wanted to see them go into the person, talk about like the mom going. Well, they were all really still in denial and still sort of acting like, you know, there's nothing we could have done. And, right. You know, and it's, 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 sad. A, it's sad. It's a good documentary and they do cover it. And it is like, oh, my God, you've, you as like a comedian who is. It wasn't like I did a bunch of Amy Winehouse material. Who I'm sure I made some joke somewhere along the way. Felt yeah, in the movie they even showed Jay Leno's t- saying something shitty about yeah, her, and I felt bad <laughs> and guilty. Like, damn it, you know, like this is awful. Like this is you know, drug addiction. I just, 
and we, we we had a bunch of back and forths on this with CJ and some fans about that was the one thing for me that like I just wanted to see more close-ups of these people to like coming to terms in the sounded like some of them were coming to terms with shit in the middle of the goddamn interview. Right. And we didn't get to see that reaction, mm. which took me out of it. Now, obviously I'm very, uh, judgmental of a documentary, but <laughs> I, I, you know, but what I liked, what I really liked about it was the, the look at the, the career and the music and how like, yeah. you know, pretty much almost every song she recorded is in there and the, and the way they put the lyrics on the screen. Cause she had such a mumbly, uh, like I didn't even know what half of those words were until I saw that movie. So I just I liked it as a similarly to the Kurt Cobain thing. Mm-hmm. I just liked how much footage they had of her and and how you you know you saw her sort of being well, falling the, the, apart the, and well the lyric thing I really liked too because you found you heard the actual story of the fucked up event that motivated her to write that song and then when you finally got to see the lyrics you're like Jesus that's what that song was about like wow. So that is compelling, and that makes it a good movie. For me, I think I'm going to go What Happened, Miss Simone, because that's a really good documentary, and it it does that thing of it's an it's an artist. I, I know who Nina Simone is. I have some of her music, but I didn't know half of this shit about her. And it's it's really well made, and I think... I think it's got a pretty strong chance, but I just feel like the Amy is... Unfortunately, because this isn't how it should be judged, I think it's just going to be an award for Amy Winehouse. I, I oh. think so too. You know, because like, she's she's still in the public consciousness. Yeah, and, and she yeah. was amazing. Yeah, yeah, she was. I think I think that one's going to win too. All right, gentlemen. Best foreign <laughs> language film: Embrace of the Serpent, Mustang, Son of Saul, Theb, Thebe, Thebe, and a war. That's what you are. You're a Thebe, <laughs> and a war. Um, <laughs> which one? Tune in and find out. Uh, I only saw Son of Saul and Mustang, and I enjoyed them. Uh, enjoy is not the right word because they're both uh, horrifying. But um, you know, one's, one's about a family. Mustang's a family of girls in Turkey that are having to deal with uh, you know stuff like. Being told that they're gonna, there's their marriages are gonna be arranged for them and shit like that, and and just how shitty society can be, and uh, and then Son of Saul is a, a really gripping, like almost feels like a single take movie about a guy. Uh, it's a Holocaust movie, and it's about a guy just trying to recover the body of his dead sons to give him a proper burial. Wow! But he's trying to navigate. Uh, you know, he's trying to make that happen, and in, in, you know, with uh, uh, <laughs> while dealing with the enemy, mm-hmm. uh, trying to keep his head down. And it's really, it's really well done, really riveting movie. And that's just the one that I've heard the most talk about. For, for winning, so I just have to... Really? A Holocaust movie's getting buzzed? That's yeah. weird. <laughs> it's really good, though. I, I I made the effort to go see it because I'd heard so many good things about it, and I was really uh, I was really glad that I did, even though it's it's a really it's a really rough sit. It's a depressing movie, for Yeah, sure. the other one is A War, which is uh, about a Danish army commander in Afghanistan that's, like, trying to lead his men with integrity, and it's so, uh, you know... Yeah, I think that's in some theaters right now. Or about to be, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, I, I'm just going should will on Son of Saul. Chris, what are you doing? I'm just going to listen to Doug on this one. <laughs> should and will Son of Saul. Yeah, I mean, I'll go should will. 
I'm not here to convince you to vote. <laughs> I'm here to beat you. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, all right. Next well, one, if we, we vote, vote what you're voting, be, yeah, <laughs> it'd be even harder. Right. Uh, best animated feature. <laughs> now, this is unusual this year because um, there's one movie on this list that children can't see. So, and that doesn't happen every year. Um, yeah, it's very unusual. It's like in the short animation, there's a thing that's not for children and in the uh, feature length. And uh, of course, I saw Anomalisa and in any other year, well, not any other year, but you know, like what, like let's say there was a year where Pixar's only movie was The Good Dinosaur. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, then it, then it would probably win because it's, it's, you know, I, I dare say it's a masterpiece, but Inside Out also is just... The, uh, one of the most f- better fully realized Pixar movies. I, I you so know, it's I, just I, undeniable. I've talked about this on the uh, on on the program when I was talking about Anomalisa. I, I really felt like Anomalisa had some. It was an amazing like experiment and vision, but it didn't. At the end of the day, it didn't resonate emotionally with me the way Inside Out did. Yeah. So I really yeah. feel I mean, like everyone's going to be moved yeah. by Inside Out, whereas Anomalisa is a real. But the the other now the other two movies story. I want to I want to mention though Shaun the Sheep. Even my kids didn't want to see Shaun the Sheep. I was like, well, I'll go if you guys want to go. Nope, no. Nope. And uh, it's interesting because everybody yeah. loves it. Like it's got a hundred percent on Rotten Tomatoes. It, it's one of those movies that uh, I, I think either whether it's the trailer or the marketing or whatever, because um, I like that studio right that makes those. Uh, yeah, yeah. And I just uh, got tired of the no- nobody speaking. Right aspect of it, you know what I mean? Well, like, chicken run. <laughs> you got I, Mel Gibson. Yeah, but that's why I'm, I'm just saying that, like Sean the Sheep, like what was happening was cute. Right. But I was like, this could have been. Yeah. we could have watched ten minutes of this and then moved on with our lives. Right. Even though it's very well done. Right. So, have you seen Sean the Sheep? Yeah. yeah. Oh, you saw it. Okay, because yeah. it was it was the kind of movie that I heard the same thing. I heard, oh, this is really good, but you know, I couldn't get the kids to go so we didn't go and uh now i did see when marnie was there me too and I, I saw that accidentally and i <laughs> now i actually found this to be a, a beautiful movie i really liked when marnie was there and it was one of the last how do you um, see something accidentally because yeah. <laughs> i was you know i was doing the the reason i'm so up on all these i've seen almost every i've seen most of the movies on this piece of paper and um the reason why is because I did that thing last year where I challenged myself to see 365 oh, right. movies in a year. Uh-huh. So I was just watching tons of shit on Netflix and pay-per-view and, and just kind of picking things rather arbitrarily. And I was looking at my pay-per-view and I saw there's a movie starring Haley Steinfeld and uh, Kieran Shipka. And then uh, I read the the description. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, you know, it's, it's a movie about two little girls. It's not really for me, but these are good actresses, and this, right. this could be great. And I turned it on, and like, you know, immediately realized, oh, it's they're the American voices right. in this uh, <laughs> right, right. in this uh, Japanese anime. And I, you know, I watched it anyway, even though I just I I only like anime that's violent. You know, like right. I don't like sweet. Anime. We've had this discussion before, <laughs> where you, you don't like the Studio Ghibli stuff. Yeah, and uh, th- this is one of those movies where it's another. Um, uh, I remember I, I saw it at the uh, the Art House Theater in Santa Monica, mm-hmm. the one that uh, you always go to, mm-hmm. and it's it's it, you know there were no kids, there was maybe a couple kids, but it's mostly animation nerds that went to see it, and it was a really like touching like coming of age girl who's kind of like you know she's an outsider and. 
she strikes up this friendship with a girl in the house, but you're not sure, is this girl in her head? Is she a ghost? Why does she recognize the things around that? There's like a kind of a mystery that unfolds, but it's done in such a sweet, heartfelt way. It's a, it's a really, um, it's a really good movie. Uh, but I still think Inside Out is going to win. I think, and it yeah. deserves to. Yeah, it, yeah. it deserves it's, to. It's a solid mm-hmm. movie. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and uh, uh, Boy in the World is uh, I have not seen, but it's another. Uh, it's another movie like that. It's a uh, more of a sweeter uh, kind of anime thing. Mm-hmm. But I didn't see it. So yeah, but Inside Out is just gonna. Yeah, should and will. That's just should that's will. Just a mm-hmm. done, it done dealio. Um, all right, let's do. Uh, Let's do um, what is this? best adapted screenplay. Best adapted screenplay. So we got Big Short, Brooklyn, Carol, The Martian, Room. I go Room. I go Room across the board. Uh, I know Carol's a little bit in the running, but I just think Room is it was so amazing, such an amazing story. Um, you know, based on this book, and I, I think it's just. I think it was I'm, fantastic. I'm going to go Martian on this one. Really? Yeah. Really? Yeah, I am. And I, I will say... Because, you know, because of all that great comedy. Yeah. <laughs> you got to give a nod to the and, hilariousness and, of the, the Martian. And one of the reasons is <laughs> I think... Martian. I, I, <laughs> Did you see the Martian? Yeah. It's so funny. <laughs> and I Because this was a, uh, a very science-heavy book, and it was a self-published book. And I think the the adaptation was really, really fun and compelling. Yes. Yes. They made it it like everyone could understand what was happening. Right. I see that. Mm -hmm. I see that. It's a good call. Neil deGrasse Tyson didn't get too upset about it. Right, right. So I thought it was kind of a... He didn't have to debunk much. The one scientist. It was a balance beam (laughs) of uh, of an adaptation. So um, I'm going to go Martian, should and will. What do you go, Doug? For very similar reasons, I say The Big Short because that is so tough to write a screenplay that's compelling and and even kind True. of fun mm-hmm. uh, and again really dense material that could be boring and then that's just <laughs> yes true yeah and and it's not boring it's not as great as uh, people say it is I mean I didn't love it as much as others like I I think the room is a more uh, you know it's just a better experience overall so if I wanted to go should win I'd say room but for will win I'm going big short all right. Okay. I think that's I think that's the spot. That's the one award it's going to win. Okay. Original screenplay: Bridge of Spies, Ex Machina, Inside Out, Spotlight, Straight Out of Compton. Now this is interesting. It's always interesting how there's two movies that are based on historical things that actually happen, and it says uh, original screenplay. Yeah, that, that's what I was thinking, especially with something like Spotlight, where it's based specifically on written articles. That were actually oh yeah, made. I beg your pardon. Yeah. Three three things that yeah. actually happened. Yeah. Yeah. Bridge of Spies really happened too. Yeah. So you have when you say original screenplay is like well does that mean it? But it was kind of based on all these these other things. So it, it's a it, it's a bit of a hazy category sometimes. Otherwise, when you take like Ex Machina, where it literally started from nothing. Yeah, well, Inside Out is to me is obviously the most original screenplay of, mm. of the five, if yes. that's how you're judging it. And then, <laughs> and then Ex Machina would be second. But, and this is where, you know, does the Academy want to make right with the black vote thing and go straight out of Compton in this category because they can? Or will it be further embarrassing that two white people or three white people will get up and accept when that right. their names are called? <laughs> so I'm just saying that this is uh, this is a chance to uh, to reward Spotlight. And that uh, that's a 
good place for it. I think I think this is a this is where they're going to award spotlight too. And I think what happens when you watch like Mark Ruffalo, I think it was either Golden Globes or SAG Awards in his speech talk about, you know, let's not forget about the survivors. That's the kind of thing that I think emotionally will resonate with the voters to go, yeah, you know what? This is an important issue and you also aren't going to take shit because oh, it's a white movie. No, it's it's it, yeah. you know, like this is an important thing and I think the way these people and all the other award shows, the interviews they're doing, how they're making it all about the survivors and and pushing that sort of, you know, like get help if you need it kind of message. I think that's something that does resonate. And they like, it's like, remember when Common gave, I think it was last year, two years ago, gave that great speech um, at the Golden Globes. And then, and then I believe one again for in the Oscars. And that's part of like, I think, I think those real powerful speeches in the other award shows, I think they influence votes because I think there's just some Oscar Academy members going, oh, we want that at our show. You know what I mean? We want yeah, that emotional it's speech. It's so hard to put a we on these group. You know, right. They're all right. individuals. Yeah. You know, they, yep. don't, they don't really caucus or anything. You know? So what do we think? what they're going to do. I, I'm, I agree with Doug. I'm going to go spotlight. Because I think, I think he's right. I think three white guys standing up there accepting an award for Straight Outta Compton is going to make everyone go, oh, see, Hollywood's, you know, like, I think... Oh, I don't. I, I think it's I the just opposite. Also don't I think, think they're going to take the easy, cheapest way out. See, we gave a black movie an award. Right. I really. But they I, can't. They can't get together and discuss it. It just that just has to happen. You know. Oh, they're getting together and discussing yeah. it. Well, yeah, but you know, uh, the thing about Straight Outta Compton is that, like, I think the like the reason it's in this category is that the other writers were white. Well, no, yeah. here, no, here. That, no that, that the writers <laughs> nominated it, but now everybody gets to everybody vote votes, from yeah. all all categories. So well, I don't think it'll be so important to them to. I'm gonna split give it. Give it to them. Uh, I um I think they'll be a little more petty than that, Doug. I think <laughs> <laughs> I think it's gonna be should spotlight will uh, straight out of Compton. All right, all okay. Right. Chris splits it. Guys are having a split now. We got mm-hmm. someone's got to win this pool, and someone's going to lose it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, best supporting actress: Jennifer Jason Leigh, *Hateful Eight, Rooney Mara, *Carol*, Rachel McAdams, *Spotlight*, uh, Elise Vikander, *Danish Girl*, Kate Winslet, Steve Jobs. By the way, acting is not accent. There's yeah, a difference. I know, I know they start with an A, oh but uh, you know, accent doesn't Ooh, immediately mean accent. great acting. Oh, that's so amazing. They did an accent. No, not really. Now, supporting actress. Yeah, yeah. Yours, yours are great. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, so <laughs> here's my beef with this category. My big fat beef is that fucking Rooney Mara and Lisa Vikander are, those are lead roles. Yeah. They're as big a part as the person they're playing right. opposite of that got nominated for best uh, actor and actress. Mm-hmm. So that's that's and, some bullshit. And Rachel McAmy Adams is uh, <laughs> is only in what, uh, you know, a, a couple of scenes. If you put her screen time against the screen time of some of these other nominees, there's going to be a definite difference. Well, that I mean, and the, the other side of that spectrum is Jennifer Jason Lee is barely in Hateful Eight compared to. I mean, well, they, she barely speaks. She's right. sitting there all the time. Yeah, and then Kate Winslet is, you know, she's she's around quite a bit too. But at least that that just feels like a more traditional supporting role. 
Um, just doing her hard R American accent. I mean, that's what does scare me a little bit about Spotlight and how I've not chosen it in a lot of categories because there's definitely the Rachel McAdams thing shows that there's just some general love for Spotlight, like that, like mm-hmm. that, like actors really like because that it's an ensemble cast too. Yeah. You don't. And they couldn't squeeze in like you know they couldn't manage to get uh, Keaton in right. But you know that was the talk last year was uh, you know oh, if he loses for Birdman at least he can win next year for Spotlight because right. <laughs> everybody knew he was in this big you know smart movie about uh, an important topic, but. I I have to go with uh, just because she's the the it girl and should have been nominated for Ex Machina but wasn't in this category. So I'm going to say Alicia Vikander, the Danish girl for supporting actress, will mm. win, should win. I don't I don't really have that strong an opinion. Maybe maybe Kate Winslet because she's pretty impressive at not having an accent, <laughs> you know, and she won the Golden Globe. But, uh, Alicia Vikander did, right? She No, no. Winslet did. Winslet. Surprise, it was a surprise to everyone. What do you think, Chris? I don't think it's going to be Kate Winslet. I mean, her performance was good, but again, it's it's an accenty basic performance. Mm-hmm. Um, Does she already have an Oscar? I don't know. It's She didn't win for Titanic, did she? I believe. You know, I think Spotlight might squeak by here. With a uh, she won, yeah, she won for the reader, and she's been nominated. Oh, the reader, I forgot about that. She's been nominated one, two, three, four, five, six times, and won once. So, so I don't know. I think maybe uh, I don't know. I'm going to go with Alicia, or no, or Rachel McAdams will win because I think the overall, like Doug is saying, the overall goodwill towards Spotlight. Um. All right. I think I think I gotta go. I think I'm gonna go Rachel McAdams. I think they're gonna do that same thing. I know. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think yeah. I think Rachel McAdams. I think this is where Spotlight starts to make a late a late push in the show. Um, could be anybody, you know. Like yeah. uh, I didn't really enjoy Carol that much, but uh, to to me, Rooney Mara really that's the heart and soul of that movie like she's she's really she's good in it actress, yeah she's very good uh all right best supporting actor uh christian bale the big short tom hardy the revenant mark ruffalo spotlight mark rylance bridge of spies sly stallone creed <laughs> it's got to be stallone it's I, got I so to too. be it's yeah. just too much of a career capping he's a he's he won he's 40 rocky. years ago. Yeah, and he's rocky again in this movie. Like it's just like that's what bummed me out about Creed is that I didn't like I didn't like the overall movie that much, but I thought he just slipped right into that again and did a, a tremendous job. I like, love the film. You know, it's it's every once in a every couple of years you hear, well, this is the last Rocky movie. And then another one shows up in a couple of years. <laughs> well, that's what I liked about this one. They, they made, could still do another one. Sure. Yeah. They made a Rocky movie without making a Rocky movie. Mm-hmm. Like, it was about the, the son, Creed. Mm-hmm. But I just I just didn't find him to be an interesting character. Yeah. I, I didn't think he had anything to play other than I want to win the fight. <laughs> and, you know, and oh, my dad was a big deal. And I don't know. I just didn't. Uh, I just didn't get into it, except for Stallone. I just thought he was so good. Well, that relationship, man, and when like Stallone's like diagnosed with cancer and all that stuff, like that was, I think, it just rem- it reminds you of how what a likable character Rocky was in that first movie. It was the heart yeah. of that character that made it 
yep. you know, win all those awards and make him a person we've had to see in movies all these years. Terrible, terrible movies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, he's been a movie star all this time because Rocky was so good. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Rocky won an Oscar. Like, that yep. was, he came, he broke on the scene winning an Oscar. He didn't get nominated for Demolition Man. Mm, and it was also that one of those things where he insisted in playing Rocky. Like, he had to wait right. to make it happen. Like, mm-hmm. you know, sort of like what our friend Ryan Reynolds has gone through with Deadpool. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> now, I want to say one thing about Mark Ruffalo and Best Supporting Actor here is um, I thought he did an amazing amazing performance but he, he just wasn't in the movie as much when you look at like supporting role he had an amazing speech at the end uh, but you look at a movie that's set up specifically for an ensemble cast there's no one picked to be like you're going to be supporting like with you know right Creed. that's where that it yeah. just got confusing for everybody like it right. just didn't uh, acting wise it's not winning that many awards because it's just it is an ensemble but it won the ensemble award at sags right 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 so that's that's a pretty powerful sign because most of the voters are, are actors and actresses. Mm-hmm. So that, that support at the SAGs is a good sign. But then, like you're saying, where do they throw their votes? Like, right. Where does it land? And I just think that as great as Ruffalo is all the time, <coughs> this, is, this is just like – it's just Stallone's. And in and, and, and a couple of the other uh, awards, uh, the, the Creed came out too late. Mm-hmm. For mm-hmm. to get recognized, you know, like the the um, what do you call it? The uh, SAG Awards. Uh, their their deadline was before Creed even came out. Right. Yeah. So I don't know what that's about. SAG needs to fix that. It should be all movies for that calendar year. Yeah. Right. <laughs> not, not, oh, but don't worry about the ones that came out of the end that you missed. Right. Uh, <laughs> um, so yeah. So I think that, uh, but you know, Rylance is an amazing actor. Who uh, you know? He's not in Bridge of Spies enough. I don't think to to warrant. Yeah, and he's also it's like a part of what's great about his performance is how unshowy it is. Yeah, you know, so it's almost like too subtle. But he just won the BAFTA, uh, the, mm-hmm. the you know, and uh, there's a lot of the same things are lining up with the, those awards. Um, but to, I think today at five o'clock is when the uh, Oscar ballots have to be in. I think the voting is so like Ooh, we better hurry up be and finish recording. Yeah. <laughs> Damn. None of them are going to listen to this. Uh, but what do you guys think? I'm going Sly. I go Stallone. And, oh, and here's the thing about Christian Bale is he's a beloved actor and he clearly like he spent time with the guy he was playing and is doing clearly doing a very good yeah. impression of that guy. Yes. He had to learn how to drum and he, you know, uh, had to get a dumb haircut and an eye prosthetic. And, yeah, and that guy and, also in real life is um, has uh, Asperger's. Yeah. So, but that's the thing is that so what that he's doing a perfect job doing a, a, like an impression of somebody n- none of us know. Right. You know what I mean? He could have played the role in a bunch of different ways, and we we wouldn't know the difference. We wouldn't know that he really learned how the guy spoke and really was capturing that guy because he's not a a famous guy. You know, like that's the thing that's interesting to me about like uh, Fastbender in in Steve Jobs and why he was the front runner for a long time for to win is because you kind of forget that it's not Steve Jobs that he doesn't look like Steve Jobs. Yeah, you right. kind of let go of that as the movie's mm. going on, but you know, it's everybody keeps saying it's Leo's year, so. What are you going to do? I mean, Tom Hardy's great in The Revenant, and uh, it's a strong It's field. a strong field. That was a yeah. surprise nomination because, uh, again, that was like, you know, the actor's branch probably yeah. just being like, we love The Revenant, so let's, we got to find something. Mm-hmm. 
All right. I'll go with Creed 2. All right. Best actress. Shouldn't will. Uh, I, I think that Brie Larson has this locked up. Well, it's Kate Banchard for Carol, Brie Larson for Room, Jennifer Lawrence for Joy. No reason that should have been nominated. And Charlotte Ramping for 45 years and Cersei Ronan for Brooklyn. Yeah, I... Brooklyn and Joy. Searsha. Searsha. Searsha Rowan that's, Anahan. That that's Joy's only nomination is extreme. And that is such a classic telling. Oscar. Mm-hmm. Oh, Jennifer Lawrence didn't yeah. see it. Just saw the well, billboard. She like, is she is great in it. I think, but uh, but that's her being great in it makes it a movie barely worth seeing. Yeah, right. You know, like mm-hmm. it's like okay, go watch her for a few hours. You know, and it's not as bad as some of the other stuff mm-hmm. she's in. But uh, yeah, that movie. Brie Larson. Uh, I was just angry at that movie because, and then when the Golden Globes nominated all over the place as a comedy, that was just like even worse, you know. Oh right. my god, this, you know, yeah, uh, because it's there's nothing, nothing funny happens remotely. Anymore. Yeah, it's really not funny at all. At least The Martian had a couple jokes. It had quippy you know? yeah. lines throughout. Yeah, yeah, you know, written by the guy who wrote for Buffy and Angel and Captain right. in the Woods. Right, you know, like he's good at that <laughs> stuff. You know, um, but uh, Brie Larson is just like I, I think the kid should have gotten nominated, oh, and he should yeah, be nominated for best amazing. actor, not support. Right. Uh, I he mean, is so good. Brie Larson is so amazing, and she's already she won Golden Globe. She won the SAG, I believe. So she's like she's just winning them all. It was like fifty fifty with her and Cersei Ronan for a while. She was winning a lot for Brooklyn, but then Brie Larson's come on so strong. Always gives a nice speech. Always looks great. You know, is perfect. Like you know, she's she's in a way sort of the new, new Jennifer Lawrence. Like she's like poised to be like just a movie star from here on. She's yeah. breaking out, and the, and the thing that's great about her is she's, she's, uh, everyday girl, cute. She's not like drop dead gorgeous. She's just a very and she can play, like. You know, oh, she's a like in 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 train wreck. She's like the sister, but then you see her at award show, and you're like, damn, she is a beautiful movie star. Which I think that helps that they go, oh, we can get her to play any of. Well, these. Brie Larson in Room is very similar to uh, Jennifer Lawrence in uh, Winter's Bone. Yeah. Yes, you know, uh-huh. like just like wow, that's an amazing performance by someone who Burn. could be insanely pretty, but is like Shirley Theron in Monster. Yeah. In yeah, a yeah. Monster. But this is like the young, like right. Because uh-huh. Winter's Bones, but Jennifer you know, Lawrence. we already had all of our opinions about Charlize Theron. Yeah, so that's why when she played that part, everyone was blown away. Right. You know, mm-hmm. we had no reason to be blown away by uh, Room, but it, but it is. Well, and she Brie, did an amazing. Well, Brie job Larson hasn't yeah. had a role this big and this like, you know, press worthy ever. Well, she was also like, there was a lot of buzz for her for Short Term Twelve. Uh, one or two years ago, right, and then that didn't that didn't pan out. Uh, but you know that's that you know that's a typical thing where the movie's just not big enough. You know, it just didn't get enough attention. You know? Right. And so, have you had an Oscar winner on your podcast? No, only only nominees so far because Lithgow, Anna Kendrick, and Brie Larson have all only been nominated up to this point. But yeah, I'll have a winner on. I mean, I will. Have Law of had, averages. I will have had a winner on. <laughs> yeah. she's going to win. Yeah, on Sunday. Yeah. But then hopefully she'll come back on again. She's. <laughs> she's. Uh, it's been hard to get her. I've been trying to get her this whole award season, but she keeps going back and forth between awards and uh, and going to um, down under to shoot the skull or, or yeah, Skull Island or whatever it's called, the oh. King Kong movie. Cool. There's another King Kong movie. There's a new King Kong movie starring uh, her and uh, Sam Jackson. 
and it's directed by the guy who did uh, Kings of Summer. Nice. Uh, so it's an odd choice. Another case of, well, you know, like, <laughs> look at Jurassic World. You know, they promoted a guy. Uh, what, what did the last thing it that did, guy did? Um, the safety not guaranteed. Yeah. Like, that's a big promotion. <laughs> that is, yeah. <laughs> and a similarly, like, when they gave Mark Webb, when he did 500 Days of Summer, and then next thing you know, he's doing Spider-Man. I know, movies. so it doesn't always work. It doesn't, yeah. <laughs> doesn't always pan out but yeah. uh, but in this case i think jordan roberts is uh, right. i think he's really talented and mm-hmm. i think the guy that did monsters did godzilla yeah mm-hmm. i did a, a, a doug loves movies with brie larson once she's very mm-hmm. nice mm-hmm. i'm glad she's winning yeah she's um, super cool best actor brian cranston trumbo matt damone the martian hmm. uh, leonardo dicaprio revenant mikey fassbend stevie jobs and eddie redmayne the danish girl i, I really think this is where revenant's gonna sweep yeah, I, I see this as uh, Leonardo DiCaprio should and will. Um, Redmayne would win for this if he lost last year for Theory of Everything. You right, know? this right. would be like a consolation just two times Oscar in a row being that yeah. amazing. Like he's amazing. Uh, I find mm-hmm. I, I like Theory of Everything better than Danish Girl. I thought Danish Girl was kind of a boring movie, but but he's just he's really good and how he threw himself into Jupiter ascending, which is awful and he's right. awful in it, but mm-hmm. he committed, right? Yeah, you know, I didn't walk through it being terrible in that terrible movie. But, um, yeah, it's, it's just, it's all about Leo. You know, he just somehow just uh, took over from Fastbender, and they're saying that there's potential spoilers for Cranston because Trumbo is such a Hollywood, like it's nominated because everyone in Hollywood likes a movie about Hollywood. Hollywood. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm not, buying that i mean the, the movie itself he did a good job in it but the he just the movie itself wasn't that great I, I think too when you when you look at this and i think to all of the stories as we've talked about earlier of what everyone especially dicaprio had to go through on the revenant right exactly he was in the wilderness in a river well, it's and, all about how yeah. much he got tortured i mean it's a really good performance but it's a performance that's about a guy who's just being tortured for the whole right. the whole mm-hmm. movie so he just has to be anguished all the time but also so cold out there and then he also had to go through hours and hours of like wound makeup. And right. All the, I mean, it was, I mean, <laughs> he's done a, he's done a lot of crazy ass movies and he's really a hard worker. Mm-hmm. Like I'd say Leo's probably second only to Tom Cruise for hardest working actor. He's due. It's just super yeah. due. And it's, yeah. and it's also not, it's not like when they suddenly gave uh, Paul Newman an award for color of money. It's like he, he's winning for something that's also really good. It's and, not just right. a career award. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, and you put this, you know, Cranston's a great actor. Matt Damon's Matt Damon's good. But Matt Damon's just doing Matt Damon in space. That, right. It's not bad. I like the movie. Sure. Fast but Bender, he's just as good on 30 Rock. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and, and Fassbender's, you know, he's good. He's Mike Fassbender. But that, that movie. <laughs> you know, like, oh, Mikey. Mike. Yeah. But but like Steve Jobs is is an okay movie. It's not like oh my god, it's yeah, so amazing. And you get to see the same scene four times. Yeah, it's the so. same scene. But The Revenant is like I was on my like gripping the side of my chair because it's like Jesus Christ, the whole movie and DiCaprio is just it's two hours of you can't kill me. I'm crazy trapper freak. Yeah, but that's the conventional and, wisdom for, through this whole season, though, has been it's too rough for the old people in the academy to have to sit through the Revenant. You know, like because how often does really violent movies? How often do they win? You know, like Saving Private Ryan lost to Shakespeare in Love for fuck's sake. Yeah, but I think I think I think the combination of the director has won a bunch. And Leo's due, and it's getting all this buzz. I think that's a. I think it's a lock for these just, old. And just everyone, no one that's that can vote 
would want to put themselves through the same experience that Leo had to go through. You know, yeah. they, they know, yeah. they all know how awful it was. Yeah. Um, so they're given, they're going to give him for that, I think. Um, all right, so, best director. Best director. Now, I, I think too, it's you also have to go through how difficult was this movie to shoot? Yeah. Are you shooting in offices and hot tubs, or are you <laughs> in the wilderness or the African desert? You're saying you know? that's why Wolf of Wall Street <laughs> <Yeah>. didn't win. <laughs> so the directing nods are Big Short, Mad Max, Revenant, Room, and Spotlight. So I think this is where George Miller gets it. It's a definite, you know, that's, I'm not going that way with it, but it's definitely a place where they could hand it to him and be proud of their decision because he's always been an amazing director and this movie's no exception. Um, and in a retweet, they've given a bunch to. Well, you know, he just won last year for Birdman, so, uh, but Bird, he, Birdman. he ended up making a movie that's, in my opinion, better than Birdman. Oh, so, definitely. So how how could he lose? He right. won last year for the one that's not as good. I mean, Birdman's still pretty cool. Like, Birdman's the kind of movie, the more I watch it, the more I like it. Like, mm-hmm. the first time I sat through it, I was like, enough with the drumming. You know, but uh, as I watch parts of it on cable, it's, it's pretty amazing. Mm-hmm. And also amazing just because, you know, you know that they did it in those super long takes. Right. Yeah. So it's super hard for all the actors well, to... Uh, I- I, I don't know. I think I, I was originally going to go Revenant should and will, but now I'm thinking Mad Max should, Revenant will. That's interesting. Yeah. Go ahead and give out your shoulds to whatever you want. <laughs> <It> doesn't matter. <laughs> um, uh, Lenny Abramson, by the way. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Have you guys seen Frank? Yeah, I didn't like Frank. Really? Yeah, I didn't like interesting, it. Interesting, but you will admit that it's – pretty crazy how tonally how different those two movies are room and Frank. you'd never know it was directed by the you'd same person the same yeah guy mm-hmm. and then he did a movie that people say is even better than room and frank that i've talked to called what richard did i haven't I seen that one so i want to check that out mm-hmm. i think he's incredibly talented i the room is the most riveting movie what he like did. as much as i love the revenant i i, I think the room is a more mm-hmm. you know fully realized experience if you want to go for like Direct. I mean, George Miller did a lot because he's doing all these practical effects and created this world. That's why I'm leaning Mad Max. But the broom, what he did, Lenny Abramson, like the direct, the first part of the movie where they're in the room and how that was shot and how you felt as an audience member, how it seemed a little bit bigger, how it was, you were scared. Like this. How do you feel trapped in that room with those Fuck, two man. people? And that's the, that's the the mark of a good director. And a he lot made of the, you feel that the director made you also feel kind of the point of view of the kid, you know, right. a lot of times. And mm-hmm. then it was just like, oh. And then when they got out, what that was like visually, and how he directed these actors. Like I think, I think that's an amazing piece of directing because. You're dealing with shooting in one. You're shooting in one location for half of the movie, and you're, you're shooting all these tight, close scenes. There's such a there's such a, a a possibility of it being boring. Of it, like, yeah, who gives a shit? Whatever. But it was so gripping. Yeah, and I think that's why he's he squeaked into best director, and you know, and, and it knocked out like conventional wisdom would have. Uh, Ridley Scott getting uh, getting a nomination. Spielberg's Spielberg not in there either. either. I know, yeah, I know. But that's that's the thing about Bridge of Spies is like while I watched it, I thought the story was interesting enough, and when it was over, I felt like it was. I, I didn't feel like it was boring or a waste of time, but I wasn't blown away I didn't by have it. that. You know, I, I'm kind of surprised that it's managed to get so much love from the Academy. And if if Mark Rylance doesn't win, 
I also won't be surprised if it's it's the movie with a lot of nominations that just gets shut out completely. I think I think it's going to a little bit. I and, and then you want to talk about again Tom McCarthy how he directed this movie, how he cast it, um you know, how he sh- captured Boston. None none of these actors had the like wicked smart, but there was these faint Boston mm-hmm. very believable mm-hmm. accents and then all the like the newsroom stuff, like you they said, they had them on set. They had the journalists on set. The actors were talking to them. That was fantastic. Mm-hmm. And like, is like you say, you said earlier, Doug, which is a good point about Spotlight. Why Tom McCarthy is very deserving of this nomination is it's just a bunch of people talking about a case, but he makes it so compelling. All those scenes where he the, gets a whole season of The Wire into a two-hour yeah, exactly, exactly. And there's those great scenes. And it's not doesn't feel rushed. Mm-mm. And 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 um, um, and it's not overly emotional either. There's not scenes no. that are trying to make you cry over the plight of these because Michael right. Keaton is a crusty booze drinking yep. <laughs> news guy. Yep. They, and the young reporters come in. Well, we got to do this. They make it better. Get out. <laughs> yeah. Get yeah. the fuck out. And they all stand there and look at him. And he's like. And one of the things that it's uh, great. that Tom McCarthy did, which I thought was amazing, was he made the scandal like a main character. Like mm-hmm. he, that's the way he shot it. Was everything? It's almost like this elusive character that they're chasing, almost like a detective story. Yeah. So he 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 almost um, personified it a little bit. The way like they were trying to run it down and, and figure it out, and it was the way it was shot. That's all credit to the director, as everyone's kind of um, trying to track this down. What happened? Uncover everything. But the fact that you know it's an ensemble cast. Uh, but you make like that weird focal point of like the actual scandal into like a character. It was an amazing what, thing what, that he did he to put did it together. Too with that, how that character, how how the 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 scandal was the character. It was almost like, you know, Kaiser Soze. Right. Exactly. <laughs> because uh-huh. because then. Every little scene. Where is it? No one will talk about it. And everyone, yeah. and every, and all those little scenes, like, oh my god, you're suing the Catholic Church. Like right. they're, they're at the yeah. baseball game, and the and the scandal is hovering over the baseball game. Right. You uh-huh. know what I mean? They're playing cards, and the scandal mm-hmm. is there. Like there, it's everywhere, and that's that's phenomenal. Direct. They, they made it like uh, almost shot like eventually we're going to get to like the drug kingpin or the Godfather. <laughs> exactly. or like that's you know yeah, that's you're going to get to his lair. Yeah, yeah exactly. You're going to finally get there. That but that and that's how it was set up, and, and they, it was great. And they stay true to the story in a way that like it's almost admirable that they didn't pump up one of the characters to the point of making them a lead character mm-hmm. to, to get awards and to right. get you know, mm-hmm. that sort of thing in there, you know? And, and, and all of the confessions, especially towards the end of the movie where, you know, I don't want to spoil it if you haven't seen it, but all the confessions towards the end of the movie where it very much explains how this scandal got swept under the rug for so long. All of, every, yeah. a lot of them were kind of, passively complicit whether they knew it or not and it's sort of like that was how subtle he did it it was it's again the wire is a good example doug because the wire just shows big city bureaucracy and how a crime is really solved in a city like baltimore chicago or something like that and that's i think this director did a great job so to me because you know he plays the bad reporter in season five of the wire yeah i know so he he definitely picked up some stuff working on that show. For sure. For sure. It, 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 you know, I don't know. This is a, this is a, this is a, this I'm just going to Anyritu because, uh, you know, uh, even though Best Director hasn't been won back to back since like, uh, you know, Mankiewicz back in the early days, uh, it's, um, it, it, 
it's just a, you can't you got to forget about Birdman and just look at the Revenant, and it's just undeniable. Yes, the craftsmanship and the mm-hmm. uh, the struggle. I agree. You're going Revenant too. I'm going. Yeah, I'm going. Mad Max should, but Revenant will. God, this is a tough field. These are all really good movies. Yeah, they're good. It, the it's, Big Short is the least great movie here, and it's a really good movie. Right. It's really good, and you know, but uh, you know, it's hard not to look at Adam McKay and his past work, and then just go, well. You know, is he a comedy guy or is he an important director? You know, because uh-huh. he managed to find a way to put comedy into the big short. Yeah. But it's also not a laugh riot no, by any uh-uh. stretch. So, you know, it, it's definitely a, a new thing for him. And he did a good job. Like, I really like watching him in interviews because he knows so much about the subject. Like, he, mm-hmm. like, just that he understands everything that went on in the financial crisis is, is uh, impressive in and of itself. And the fact that, you know, put that together and cull it down into um, short sections on a screenplay and to direct those scenes and get those points across. It's not easy. Yeah. Um, so best but, picture, I, I don't know. I, it's I, directing. I, oh yeah. Director. Uh, all right. Let me, t- all right. <laughs> oh, let me, give me, I'm it's a- hard <laughs> for me to pick this one, but I guess I'll go, I guess I'll go Revenant. Yeah, I, I think I think Revenant's gonna sweep. I, I do. I think uh, it will and should. All right. Final thing: Best Picture. So there's eight movies in Best Picture, I believe. Um, there is. Oh, now we're on Best Picture. Sorry, I meant uh, uh, Fury Road should Revenant will for director. Okay. Okay. Best Picture: Big Short, Bridge of Spies, Brooklyn, Mad Max, Martian, Revenant, Room, Spotlight. I, 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 again, I think Revenant's going to sweep. I'm going uh, will and should on Revenant. It was yeah, just I, an amazing thing. For, for should, I really, I, I really like Room a lot, but um, for Will, I, I go Revenant. I, it, and Revenant's definitely in my, you know, it was one of the best experiences I had at the movies last year. I'm going to go should is Spotlight. If you want to see two completely different movies at the same time, I saw... Anomalisa and then Revenant back to back. Whoa. <laughs> um, you know what I'm going to do? Fuck it. What are you doing? I'm going to pick Spotlight. No. Ah, there you go. All right. Well, Buck that's the, the thing is it's they're saying that, you know, um, the buzz is that Best Picture can only go to Revenant, Spotlight, or Big Short. I think because I think for me, of these movies... Me personally, Spotlight was the best picture of the year for me, and I'm going to just go with that. Yeah, all right. You know, that's, that's a nice way enough. to approach it. It's an amazing movie. Yeah, it's it's unbelievable how good that movie is. Um, and Brooklyn I, has no business being in this. I, I, yeah, I thought the Brooklyn was sweet, probably the weakest pretty, one in this you know, uh, in this list for sure. I, yeah. I feel like uh, you know, Spotlight was one of those King Speech type movies where you didn't hear that much about it. There wasn't a lot of buzz, not a lot of trailers, and like I don't know, is this going to be good or not? And then you're instantly compelled, yeah. you know, when, when it starts rolling, and well, it's then like it's, it's good you, all the way through. Yeah, and once you've watched it, Spotlight makes sense, but I don't love it as a title, you know? Right, right. Like, but unfortunately, what you know? What else are you going to? Everything call else it? is going to sound sensational, or you know, yeah. if you're trying to make it sound like it's more, uh, a, a, you know, like you're going to see children being molested or something. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure there was a Rank lot of church. stuff. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, batted around like call it Globe, the Globe. Boston Spotlight. Yeah. Bo- Boston Globe. Yeah. yeah, there's all these. I don't these know. <laughs> yeah, they, they probably shied off of yeah. the word Boston because people right. who don't live in Boston would be not interested. Mm-hmm. And, but, yeah. There was a meeting. 
it's terrific. I just don't, I just don't get the title. I mean, I, I mean, not that I know what what the Revenant really means. I mean, I know what it means, but so you're picking Revenant for best picture. I'm going Revenant. I'm going uh, Will Win for the Revenant. But if you were just voting on vocabulary words, which would you pick <laughs> for this uh, category? Well, room is the simplest, <laughs> easy to understand title. Uh, Chris, who's your best picture? I'm going uh, Revenant for um, Will and Should. Okay. It'd be funny if somebody cut together like a trailer using scenes from Room, but tried to make it look like a comedy, like a romantic comedy. <laughs> Called it Roomies. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Internet, that's your challenge. <laughs> Go for it, Internet. Zoinks. Um, well, that's our show, everybody. That's we did. Ep- we got all through all of them. Oscars 2016, episode three and the eight in the books. At least the fifth time Doug has done this. Maybe the sixth. Internet, find out. Tell us how many yes. he's done. <laughs> how many we've done, yeah. Um, so, Doug Benson, where can people find you? I know you got probably got some shows coming up. What's going down? Well, you know, douglasmovies.com is... Uh where all my dates are and I've got shows coming up uh, you know all over the place I jump around uh, all over but uh, coming up soon is Fort Lauderdale uh, San Jose um, Portland but yeah douglasmovies.com is where all my dates are at nice check it out um all right I'm going to be uh, so this Saturday, um, the 27th, doing the Graham Elwood uh, variety show at the the lab at the Improv. That's Saturday, the 27th at 10.30 in Hollywood, California. Tickets are like eight bucks. There's no drink minimum. Not bad. Come on in. It's a good show. We've got uh, Paul Gilmartin is doing his Republican character. Oh, right, right. There's these two guys that do this sort of fake country band, but they're excellent musicians called the Brothers Brothers. <laughs> um, and then Lori Kilmartin is doing a set. Uh, I'm going to have one more variety act and then going to have maybe a little spe- special guest drop in. So come uh, come to the Hollywood Improv uh, February 27th. I'll be uh, headlining the Improv at uh, Harvey's in beautiful Lake Tahoe March 2nd through the 6th. And then Appleton, Wisconsin. This just got added. I am headlining uh, Skyline Comedy Cafe March 17 through 19. Put it in your books. Come oh, out Fox yeah. Valley. Patty's Day in Appleton. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Green vomit. Yes. And you don't even drink. <laughs> oh, but I'm going to vomit. <laughs> nice. <laughs> He's going to drink some vomit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm going to drink some green coconut water and mm, York it. Delicious. Um, all right, guys. Thank you so much for listening to the show. And of course, um, Rabble TV this weekend. Rabble TV this weekend. Rabble.tv, Sunday, uh, February 28th, starting at 5.30 p.m. Uh, we might start the Rabble a little early during the red carpet, but definitely we when, might. The, when the award show starts. Um, go to ComedyFilmNerds.com and get mm-hmm. the link to our specific Rabble. You can only hear this on Rabble TV. This The, the, the Oscar commentary will not be released as a, as a podcast. No, and we won't be live tweeting either. This is it. Nope. Every comment, every joke we're going to make will happen through Rabble.tv. And you guys can interact with us, like we said. And there's also going to be giveaways. We're going to be yeah. giving away, like, like Rabble TV wants you to start your own Rabbles. Mm-hmm. So what are the giveaways? They're giving away, like, a snowball mic. Yeah. Like, some really, really cool stuff will be given away uh, during the event as well. So support the Oscars thing, you guys. That's where we need you. Um, thank you so much, Doug Benson, for being on our show. Thank you for having me. <laughs> <laughs> My name is Graham Elwood. And I'm Chris Mancini. And as always, remember, Han, Han shot, shot first. first. Revenant. <laughs>